everybody and welcome to another episode of Stuck On Sport. We've got a very big show today with the AFL season, home and away season, coming to an end. To round 23, we're going to tally up all the votes and see who the GLS Player of the Year award goes to. And uh, I've got Jordan Paraskevis here to help me do that. G'day, Jordan. G'day, Jimmy. Thanks for having me back, mate. Uh, good end to the home and away season. A couple close games in that final round. Uh, then a few blowouts as well. But we'll get to all that in the review. What did you make of the season as a total, just before we get started? Well, uh, it, it's quite an interesting season because it started off slowly, I think. Um, there were some very predictable games in the first uh, eight to ten rounds, and then it really picked up. In the in that round's uh, 15 to 20 uh, period there, it was really, there were some really cracker games. So uh, it, w- it was interesting to see how the season progressed. It sure was, mate. It sure was. Uh, just quickly, before we get started into the match reviews, I'd just like to say a big thank you to everyone who likes our Facebook page. We've gotten 500 likes overnight, uh, and that's just a, a magnificent achievement. We're super stoked with that. So to our Facebook team and everyone there, thank you very much. It's uh, just amazing, very humbling. So thank you very much. Uh, all right, we'll get started with around 23 votes, and our first game was Port Adelaide versus Essendon. Um, the Bombers got off to a flyer in, in their final game for the year. Port were playing for that eighth spot. Um, if they if they won that game, they would have been in the eight overnight. Eventually, Geelong won, so they wouldn't have been in the eight yeah. anyway. But still, they, they had a lot to play for. They really didn't come to play, really. Yeah, it was surprising, to be honest, for Port. You know, you'd think they'd play with a little bit more guts and, you know, pizzazz, especially in the final game where the potential to get back in the eight but mm. not really was there. Um, I thought they'd come out firing a bit harder, and they didn't. So I was surprised by the results, but credit to the Bombers, who did play the better game uh, and ran over the top of them very early and very convincingly as well. Yeah, I think it was really a show from Essendon that they clearly are the best team outside of the eight at this moment in time. The other notable teams there are Port Adelaide, of course, and Adelaide. Um, Adelaide, they had a lot of injuries this year. So I think that's their year's more of a one-off. I think they'll be up and about. They'll be back there or thereabouts next year. I don't think they'll be right at the very, very top, but I think they'll, they'll be back in finals contention next year. Yeah, a bit of a fall of a fall from grace from the Crows there, uh, especially in the second half of the year. Because the, the first half of the year was all right. Um, mm. for, for the Crows and they were up in the air but then the wheels kind of fell off the wagon a bit and um, yeah they've now missed out which is a surprising result yeah anyway back on to the Port Adelaide versus Essendon game uh, the Bombers did go off to a flyer as we said and then in the second quarter Port Adelaide really came back yeah it was uh, good trimmed, to watch trimmed the margin back to nine points and play, started playing some really good football but really after that Essendon kicked three quick goals before half time and 
after that, it didn't really seem like Port had a big sniff in it. Like they had a little bit of a moment in the fourth quarter where yeah, they, they could did. have could have had it, but it just the whole way it just seemed likely to be Essendon's game. Yeah. Well, some harsh words uh, after the game from Ken Hinckley, where he stated that his his words exactly were this footy club has let everyone down. So some very strong comments there from the coach of the club. He was obviously quite upset with with the result. Um, and with how I think that's just uh, a common in frustration as to how their year's gone. I think. Yeah, yeah. He's got a bit of a history of um, coming out with some strong statements. Does Ken Hinckley and so does David Koch, the president? Uh, he did not I look just, pleased at the end of the first quarter. He did not look pleased. No, he didn't. But it, it's just a it's it's an interesting way of going about it because they put pressure on themselves, uh, and then I don't think they're very clever about it. I think they overestimate themselves, Port Adelaide at times, and then when they don't hit the heights that they expect um, they really put the pressure back on the coaching staff and the president and all the players. So the players got a lot of flack for that. Um, yeah. So I'm not really a fan of how the, how they go about that. I don't think they should put that much pressure on themselves. Yeah. Um, back onto the players. Uh, Jared Pollock played a fantastic match. Um, if that is his last game for the club, which it very well may be, he's got a deal from North Melbourne waiting on the table for waiting yep. for him. And a very good deal too. So uh, it was a good it audition. Seems, it was yeah, a good very, audition. He played a very good match. If that's his last game for Port Adelaide, he should be proud of the way he's played for them because he, he really has played a uh, a good career over there since coming from Brisbane. Bad loss for Port if he does go. Oh, very bad loss because he's just starting to come into into some excellent form. I think the the last three or four weeks it's been just about career best, hasn't it? Well. The way he cracks off half back, his mm. speed is so deadly, and he can go forward and kick goals as well. So that's the type of player that teams are desperate to have in their team. So, yeah, um, yeah it'll be a big hole to fill for Port if he does actually leave. Yeah, I think it was a really coming-of-age game from one Aaron Francis. He was magnificent. He His intercept possessions were the game high. He had six contested marks, and oh, that mark he took over right, it was absolutely magnificent. Was a cracking oh. mark. It's not I, mark of the year, as you keep well, t- telling me. It I won't it's, win. It's very, it won't win close. mark of the year. I'm going on the record right now and saying it won't win mark of the year. I bet you a slab it'll win. Oh, done. There. <laughs> I, it's. I, I bet you a slab that it'll win mark of the year because and, it's also a fans vote and Essendon fans come come to play and vote voting circumstances. So, uh, all right. Um. Yep. Yeah, so, any other mark wins slabs mine. Francis wins. It's Francis wins. Done. It's win. Okay. All right. Done. Um, anyway, back onto the game he played. He, his intercept possessions were magnificent. He just reads the ball beautifully, and uh, he's one of the most exciting prospects, not only at Essendon but in the whole league. So I'm really, really excited to see what he brings. To the well, well, he's hoping that that the Bombers are smart enough to keep him in the team because when oh, he yeah. comes into the team, he has an impact. I'm mm. not sure what, why they dicked around for so long. I, it's the reason is his fitness because yeah, he he had it, those mental health issues towards the start of the year. Uh, wasn't at the club until maybe rounds four or five, and then um, slowly built back some fitness. Then was in the VFL for a while. Uh, and just building back into some form, and um, when he came into the team, he was really able to have an impact. So I think they did it did it beautifully. He's uh, eligible to play in the VFL final this week against Collingwood. I'm not sure if he should. I mean, it, it might be a good idea for him to play play uh-huh. another game back down for for the VFL. But, I don't know. You know, it, it is know. a final. I like having 
some finals experience in them. But uh, it, it is it's a final. But what, it's but an interesting you... decision for a guy that was in the best three players on the ground in an AFL match just a few days ago. Then comes down and plays VFL. I'm not sure what they should do there. If he wants to, he should. Yeah, that's but um, true. gee, wouldn't you hate it if he got injured playing in that yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> wouldn't that's you hate thing. it after the season's done? He goes and plays in the VFL and hurts himself or and something. For, like for a player that's so injury prone like Francis, it'll be yeah. very interesting. All right, I'll get it. cracking into the votes now. Um, uh, I gave the one vote to Dyson Heppel. Of course, yeah. you did. He had sorry twenty. Had okay, come on, twenty six disposals. He kicked two goals. He got the six coaches' votes, so top the coaches' votes for both sides. Um, and also a stat on the coaches' votes. He's gotten coaches' votes in 13 of the 22 matches this season, something only five players have done more. So a magnificent season from Dyson Heppel uh, and really became such a strong leader for the Essendon Football Club, something they really, really needed. So a great season from Dyson Heppel, finishing with the one vote. Surely, though, just on a sidebar, surely he hasn't been your best player all year. Surely Dev Smith yeah. wins your best and fairest. I, I think Devin Smith wins our best and fairest, but it's just... It, it's a funny it's a funny uh, circumstance here because Heppel's had some great, great games. So he plays... When he plays well, he plays really, really well. And he's also so noticeable. So I think... Yeah, because of that for, fucking for haircut. Any, <laughs> yes, yeah, because of the blonde haircut. But I think Devin Smith has been magnificent for, for the entire year and so uh, consistent with his tackles and everything. So I think, and, and the Crichton medal, which is Essendon's best and fairest, rewards consistency. So I think um, Devin Smith is going to win our best and fairest. But Dyson Heppel will get more coaches' votes and more um, Brownlow votes, that sort of thing. So, and he also got more votes um, in our GLS Player of the Year award as well. Uh, two votes to Justin Westhoff. Kicked the five goals, had 20 touches. He was good, Westy. Yeah, he had he a good year, Westhoff. Good. He was very, very good. And he, he has had a really good year too, yeah. So, um, he won, one of the few players for Port Adelaide that can hold their head really high on the night. Uh, he was fantastic. The so. Big Hoff. And then three votes to the man we spoke of earlier, Aaron Francis. Uh, magnificent, just intercepting the ball. Um, some beautiful high contested marks, um, and just reads the game so well. His attacking kicks almost always come off these risky kicks, um, so really coming age game from Aaron Francis. And he took the runner up for Mark of the Year. No, he, he's going to win it, mate. He's going to win it. He's not going to. He's going to win it. He's got no chance. Even if it's not the best mark, which it might not be, he's going to win it. Typical Essendon winning Mark of the Year that isn't the best mark. Well, not. Well, two years ago, we got robbed of it. Joe Danaher got absolutely robbed of it. Yeah, and then he Magic stole World. it last year when no, you robbed us, no, you no, fuck. What, you reckon that chess mark from... Yeah, because it's an absolute hanger, not no. a metre off the ground like Danaher was. Danaher was on oh. Carlisle's shoulders. Yeah, as was He's Jeremy Howe. Tall. He was well up there. He was on Lyndon Dunn. He's like 1m90. was not on Lyndon Dunn. No, it wasn't on Lyndon. Yeah, you take that back, you fuck. That was on Tom McDonald, who's like 195 centimetres. Smaller than Carlisle. But the better mark. No. Well, Joe Danaher's... The system's corrupt. I blame... It doesn't matter. The system's corrupt. I blame Scott Morrison. Yeah, I think we can both agree on... Stuff it. Next game. All right. um, What the hell was this, Jim? Oh, shit-ass, mate. 22-10, 142 to five goals, 10 behinds, 40. Geelong, pants the Suns. That was embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, It it really... It was a little bit embarrassing from the Suns, really. But... 
Not unexpected. Everyone kind of going down to Cardinia Park, everyone sort of thought Geelong would be in for a really, really big win. And they've had a couple of really easy weeks down there against Fremantle and now the Suns. Really, really good form coming into finals. So Led by the King of Geelong, Paddy Dangerfield. Is is the King of Geelong Paddy Dangerfield? Surely it's Ablett. No, nah, it's Dangerfield. Ooh. Um, well, with a game of 34 disposals and four goals, he was best on ground. He was best on ground. He was yeah. stunning. I can, I'll actually just go straight into the votes because there's not much <laughs> there's not much we can really say about this match except for Geelong were fantastic. The Suns didn't put up much of a fight. Uh, and really after the first 10, mi- 10 minutes where there was a bit of an arm wrestle, uh, it was really one-way traffic. Look, it's going to be interesting to see where the Gold Coast Suns goes next year. You mean to Tasmania? Not physically move, as in what? Like, what do you think they should be doing in the coming years, apart uh, from getting some serious help? They should be picking better players and getting better systems for their team. Uh, I think Stuart Dew, given time, Stuart Dew really has some good uh, impact, uh, but it, it can't be done in one year. So I think just give them give them some time. So, but they, but they're going to lose their best player. They probably might lose their second best player. In yes, please. May. So yes, please. How would how would that be? Gold Coast losing their captain. Both and captains. Their other two Both captains. Both their co-captains. So the first three captains of left the club. Gold Coast will have left. That's really alarming. So anyway, I'll get into the votes. One vote to Mitch Duncan. Twenty nine disposals. Uh, kicked a goal as well. He's magnificent. Two goals to t- uh, two goals, two votes to Tim Kelly. He kicked the three goals, had twenty three touches. He's his score involvement this year, just been magnificent. He's really good, and uh, he's he's just really strong in the contest. Uh, low center of gravity, kind of reminds me of Cochran like that. And three votes to Patrick Dangerfield, thirty four touches, four goals. <laughs> what more can you say? He was magnificent. Uh, most dangerous player on the ground, up forward and in the middle. So three votes to Patrick Dangerfield to finish off a good year for, for Danger, even though it was a little bit of a slow start. Just 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 before we move on to the next game, of course, it wouldn't be a show if I didn't have a couple of uh, points for you, Jim. So we'll start with the obvious one. This is Stuart Jew's 16th loss in 17 matches, making his losing margin, his average losing margin uh, this year, to 62 points when on the road. Cool, nice. Yeah, thanks. I'd be like that. Actually, I'll hit you back with with the stat as well. It's got nothing to do with football. It's about basketball, but it's still a magnificent stat. Yep. LeBron James, over his career in 1,192 games, has averaged 27 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists, but has never had a game where he's got 27 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists. Well, that is a stunning... Stat. That's how good's that? That's brilliant. Anyway, back to football. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, this is Geelong's eleventh appearance in finals in the past twelve seasons. Yeah, oh, it's magnificent, isn't it? Brilliant. It's just, they've just been such a great club for so many years. And a yeah. bit more of an a bit more of an obscure one for you. After they smashed the Dockers last week. Mm. This is Geelong's second consecutive win by triple figures since 2013, the year of their premiership. Wow. That's crazy. Wrap your head around that bad boy. That's crazy. Uh, they're, just, they're just a magnificent club. And they just really... They continue to perform. 
They do, um, but yeah, from, the from, superstar from, midfield yeah. isn't making them top four, is yeah, it? It's not, but you know, come finals, we'll, we'll see what they're made of, really, because in finals, it can become a midfield's game. So, really having Dangerfield, Ablett and Selwood in the middle in the finals. Because they haven't really, over the past um, five or six weeks, they haven't really put those three in at the same bounce a lot. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens in finals. Because finals football, we all know, is a little bit different. And who knows, they might be getting some help in the midfield next year. But, uh, stay tuned yes. for Contract Corner for Which more on that. Up, yes. Um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll move on now. Yep. Um, Next game. Richmond versus Bulldogs. Uh, Good game. Fantastic Good game. game. 98 to 95. Um, the Bulldogs had a kick with about 20 seconds to go to, to win the match. Um, Break your heart. Weren't able to do it, unfortunately. And it hit the post too. So Brad Lynch? So, yes. Brad Lynch? Uh, yeah. Poor bugger. Yeah, it hit the post. So a really devastating loss. They were fantastic. Um, the Bulldogs. I was really impressed with how they went. It's a good, it's a good match to really build build on in the pre-season going into next year. Yeah, it's good. We, we know they're, they're good enough. Uh, and they're, almost, they're, they're a different team now to what they were in tw- 2016 when they won the Premiership. They're a totally different outlook. So, But they've got they've still got the young players. They've still got the stars. They've got McRae and Bontempelli, just two absolute guns. So there's hope there for plus, the dogs. Plus a couple of the players that they've discovered this year, like... Mm. Uh, Aaron Norton and Aaron Ed Norton Richards. was fantastic. He actually he got the round twenty three yeah, rising star, rising star mm. which was long, long overdue. So uh, a great effort from Aaron Norton to get the rising star because if he didn't get it, it would have been a criminal offence. Um, uh, Jack Rewald, Coleman medalist, fantastic season, one of the most underrated players of the decade, I would say. He was he's just been magnificent now, two time uh, Coleman medalist and. Um, Really, really, in a year where you would think he's pretty much sacrificed his own game, he could kick more than sixty-five goals in a year. He's kicked sixty-five goals this year. He could kick ninety if if the game plan for Richmond was a bit different and they centered it more around scoring rather than defense, which you know, obviously wouldn't win them as many games. It scored them just as many points, uh, more points, sorry, uh, and kick uh, Rewalt more goals, but. Uh, Jack Rewell, his defensive pressure on the ground and his... He's a selfless player. He is a very selfless player. So I, I just... Um, I've got a lot of admiration for Jack Rewell. And uh, Dustin Martin had a good game as well. Yeah, he did. He, he put him, he's put himself really close to that another back-to-back round, though, I think, with a, with another good performance. I think he needed three. Yeah, close. Um, but look, I think if he played more like this throughout the year, you would have think that he would be more of a shoe-in for it. Yeah. But I think some have just played more complete games and, and more complete yeah. seasons compared to what Dusty has. Yeah, but it's just those, those points. When, when it comes to the brown, though, it's just a little bit different because those players that are really, really noticeable are the ones that uh, that pick up votes. Yeah. Um, that's why I think Tom Mitchell won't pick up as many votes as some people think. Because when you look at the stat sheet, um, you go, oh, Tom Mitchell had 50 disposals and this and that. And he had 43 disposals kicked a goal. But when you see a guy like Dustin Martin with the tattoos and the haircut <laughs> strolling through the middle, taking a bounce and then kicking it long and kicking two other goals, it really makes an impact. And I reckon it uh, leaves a, a mark in the... Uh, umpire's mind so it, it's it's interesting to see how Brownlow Knight will, will turn out because I think it, it's going to go very differently to a lot of the end of year voting 
I think so. Through, through, like, through us, I think it'll be very different to us, and I think it'll be yeah. different to places like the Herald Sun, because the Herald Sun actually had Brody Grundy as their Herald Sun Player of the Year. Bang! And he's played a magnificent He's played a great year. I, think, year, I so. think he's one of the best three players in the competition, yeah. at least. Yeah. Would it be a show if Jim didn't drop his pen? Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think he's been the be- one of the best three players in the competition. But I'm, come I'm, Brownlow Medal Night, he won't be in the top five. I don't think. I think uh, there's other players midfielders because it's a midfielders award. It's a midfielders game, yeah. but you never know. Rucks have won it in the past. I mean, you have to look Jim at Steins, yeah. yeah, correct. Peter yeah. Moore, Darcy Peter Moore. Moore's dad. Yes, yes. Um, can be Darcy done. Darcy Moore can go to that. Those heights, imagine. Oh. We just got to give him a contract, and then we'll be good boys. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll get into the votes now. Um, Why not, mate? One vote to Jack Rewalt, kicked five goals, uh, three behinds as well, so could have kicked a few more. Played a good game. 20, a good 20 game odd disposals as well, so a really complete game from a forward. Jack Rewalt. Yeah, you like forward. that. You like um, that. Also, they did go, Richmond went to him something like 25 times, which is on average like almost double the amount of times they would go to Jack Rewalt, which is a little bit of a round 23 fever when they've won the. The minor, minor premiership. They no, no, they're trying to like, feed him the column. Yeah, they're trying to feed him the column. But still... And that's credit to the Tigers because that shows even when Jack... Say, say for example, Jack does miss a game, the Tigers still win because yeah. it's just their spread of goal kickers mm. that they can produce. Exactly. Especially in the midfield and their small forward fleet as well. Really yeah. dangerous. And he kicked something like uh, in the last uh, three or four rounds, he kicked like 20-odd goals, 20, 21 or 22 goals. Yeah, like So that. in the rest of the year, he only kicked like 40 or 45. Yeah. So um, he got he really came from nowhere to win it. Uh, we all thought Ben Brown was going to win it about round 15, 16. We thought well, he, had, he, well, he was 10 goals ahead yeah, at one stage. So, and then he anyway. just shut down. I gave two votes to Dustin Martin, uh, 30-odd disposals, 33 disposals, 33 disposals and kicked a goal as well. Um, high efficiency rating as well. Look, I'd be surprised if he won another Brownlow. I, I, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, so would I. I don't think he deserves it off this year. He definitely did last year because he was the best player by far in the oh, comp. Yeah, but I don't yes. think he deserves it this year. If you can say deserves it, I mean, I'd yeah. be surprised if he ended up with it because you'd think, well, there's been other players who have stood out more than what he has. Yeah, although it's it's sort of when when you have such a good year like last year. You don't get noticed as much the next year for doing things that are just as good or not quite as good, but still the best on the ground. He's he's played a magnificent season. He has, but it's, but right it's not as there. good as last year. On the AFL Brownlow medal predictor, he's actually predicted to pull the most votes. Wow. Max Gorn second. Anyway, mm, enough of the yeah. Brownlow. And th- three votes, sorry, uh, to Jackson McRae. Yeah, why uh, not? 43 disposals kicked the goal, too. So. That's... That's a pretty good game. Yeah, damn right it's a good game. He's, and, uh, and he's hoping that, that, that the dogs can, you know, grab a hold of some players who can support him in coming years because mm. if they can get a, a couple more kids like him yeah. under the leadership of him and Bont and stuff like that, they, they could come good again, the dogs. You never know. Another, yeah, another yeah, bit of absolutely. a resurgence. Uh, we're not moving on just yet you. because I've got my stats. So yep, I'll hold on. them off until you've done your votes. I'm being nice. No, no, I'm done the votes. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I hold off until you've oh, done sorry, your votes. Yeah, no, no. Oh. Because that's the important bit, and then I just tune in with my little with my little garnish on top. Uh, so Jack Revolt, who also kicked his six hundredth career goal on Saturday, surpassed that, but he kicked his six hundredth yeah. career goal. Uh, he's actually just the fifth Tiger to reach that milestone, and uh, of course we all know that it was going to end up the Tigers on top of the ladder 
obviously. Yeah. It was easy. But this is actually the first official minor premiership that the Tigers have locked down since 1982. Huh. Very interesting. I know. Did they win the premiership that year? No, they won. Carlton won. Oh, Carlton won. Carlton won. Oh. Carlton won okay. 103 to 85. Oh, so, well, Carlton's not going to beat in this year's finals. So. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, do you see anyone beating them? Richmond? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone will beat them this year, but as we said, finals is a bit of a tricky bitch. Yeah. You never know. I mean, I don't, I don't see the Hawks beating them. No, I don't see the Hawks. Because, like, the Tigers is just amazing, but then the Tigers in September, that's just a different animal altogether. I think the only teams that can beat them are the ones that are going to go at a different game style and just going to play on at all costs. And I think Melbourne's actually the best at doing that. That's the, their most natural game. I, and, and Melbourne can actually match them in the middle. But... But Melbourne's nowhere near as hard. No, as, they're not. They're not as hard oh, as no, the Tigers. Oh, no, they're not. But no way. I think Mel- Melbourne's actually one of the better chances to beat them. Look. They're coming in with some great form. Too, wishful so. thinking, but if Collingwood had some more players in, I'd say that they'd have a good crack. Yeah, I think Collingwood has... I think Collingwood and Melbourne are the two teams that are most likely to beat them. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, next game, we'll go on to Freo and Collingwood now. Woo! Take it away. Yes, please. Oh, well, my Magpies, Jim, I could not be more pleased. Jumping into the finals after forever. It feels like forever. Um, I'm very happy that we're back. It's going to be good. Uh, it's our first appearance in the finals since 2013. Yep, that sounds about right. So I'm absolutely stoked. Uh, survived a bit of a scare because it was a very emotionally charged free mantle. Um, playing a final game, knowing whether that they couldn't play finals. But looking to do some damage uh, in the top eight. Uh, and led for most of the game. They led at they led at the first two changes, and then it was all tied up uh, in the third quarter at three quarter yeah. time with the siren just beating a goal to Jaden Stevenson by about two seconds. Yeah. He was running into goal, and the siren went, but he couldn't have kicked any earlier. Um, but um, oh, man, I'm stoked. That's why I got the Collingwood beanie on this morning here in the studio. I'm very stoked. Uh, Brody Mychek played a cracking game, kicked three goals, a bit of an unsung hero. Uh, but the development he, this year has been, well, it's been really good. pleasing, hasn't it? Well, that's the thing. That's one of the things that I can say that the Magpies, regardless of how we go in the finals, they can hold their heads up high in the sense that with all the injuries that we've copped this year, the way that we've been able to you know, go back and pick people out of the VFL to stand up and do their job has been absolutely fantastic. I think because they've been very well coached. I think so. Yeah. Do you think they've been coached by the coach of the year? Uh, no, I think Harbuck's coach of the year. Fair enough. I think um, I think Buckley's a very close second. Well, I mean, I'm super pleased with Bucks. I mean, because Adam Simpson too. We were all quick to jump off his head last year, myself included, oh, yeah. as a Collingwood fan. You were very close. I was mad. I was a mad boy. You wanted him gone. Well, fair enough too, because we were going nowhere. We we're going backwards, but You've been going backwards consistently for six years. What an incredible turnaround it's been to go from thirteenth to third uh, in one season. I'm just absolutely stoked. Buckley and his men should be very proud, even with all the injuries they've hit. It's funny, Jim. If you were so just hypothetically, hypothetically, if we were to win the grand final, Collingwood, yeah. Yep. I mean, like we're dreaming, but it's a fun dream. Potential, but a dream. Yeah. Can you imagine the premiership team that we would have won with? Like, not like nobodies who we would have won with, but the absolute fill-in team that we would win that flag with. People like yeah. Mychek, Josh Thomas, Nathan Murphy. It'd be on trend, though. Jack Madgett. the last 
few years. I mean, you look at two More, years ago, you look at Bulldogs. Bulldogs, like, yeah. The Bulldogs, yeah. That um, team to win the premiership, that does not look like a premiership team two years down the track. I know. Um, even Richmond last year, oh, they're better than than that, but they're, they're extremely well coached, and I think that's why they're the best team in the league. They're not the most talented team in the league, Richmond, but they're, they're extremely well coached well-drilled and they're really disciplined and they play for each other. So and I think that's, that's what the right. Pies have taken on a bit more this yes. year, more yeah, so yeah. than last year, as well as a better spread of goal kickers and actually kicking goals because the forward line has been operating a lot better than what it has in the previous years. Uh, just a couple stats for us. Uh, this is Collingwood's first win at Optus Stadium. Oh, that's good. That's so, your only game then. Correct. So, first of many. Do you only ever go to bloody WO once a year? Oh, you haven't gone there twice a year since 2002. Good. <laughs> I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah, you would be. And this was our 15th win of the season. It's the first time that we've done this since 2012. Mm, yeah. So, so that has been a damn while. And it seals up the double chance, so I'm pretty stoked. And I'll move into the votes now, if you don't mind, Jim. Yeah, go ahead, mate. So in the one vote, I'm going to have to give it to... I was tossing up for this one. I wasn't sure where to go. I'm going to give it to Bradley Hill. Okay, so he just edges out Scotty Pendlebury, but Brad Hill had a really good game on the weekend. He had 35 disposals, all right? Five marks and two tackles. Only kicked him behind, but a really solid game by him. Pendlebury, on the other flip side, did have the 30 and a goal, but Bradley Hill, his run was devastating early, and it was... We, we, we were struggling to keep up with him, so I'm glad that we eventually got to shut that down. And Bradley Hill did come second, actually, in the uh, coaches' votes for that game as well. I gave the two votes to Steel Sidebottom. Steel Sidebottom has played a cracking year. is potentially uh, his, his best season yet. Had 32 disposals, 7 marks, and 4 tackles. Kicked it behind. He actually, he actually finished first in the coaches' votes, and he's ended up in the All-Australian team, and I think he deserves it. He didn't finish first. Max Gorn finished first. No, sorry. In the coaches' votes for this game. Oh, for the, this game. Sorry. Not in total. No, in total. no, 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 no. Sorry, go ahead. He got, sorry. He got the most coaches' votes mm. for this game. Yeah. Uh, very deserving still side bottom to end up in the All-Australian. It's been a long time coming. Uh, and I've bucked the trend of the coaches' votes for this game, and I've given the three votes to Brody Grunny because why wouldn't you? The man is a absolute beast. 24 disposals in the ruck again, so, you know, the disposal count that he gets as a ruckman is just insane this year. He's around the groundwork, is stunning. Six marks, 34 hitouts, and four tackles as well. He had a good contest with Sean Zadars. He actually beat him in the hitouts by one, but he kind of had his numbers around the ground in terms of tackles and disposals everywhere else. So, fantastic for the Pies to finish in the top four. That's stunning, and um, this is just one for Magpie fans to you know, take home after listening to the show in preparation for the first final that we've got up against. Absolutely. Actually, we're going back to Optus Stadium to play oh, West Coast. Go to play West Coast. Yeah, so, good practice that we've we... been forced back there. I know. Um, here's a take-home message, one to really, you know, start to get your soul burning. Can you imagine mm-hmm. if we could get some inclusions for the first final back? Is Trelaw back? The possibility... Of these four ins for the first game. Trelaw, Howe, Moore, and Goldsack. Do you reckon they'll play Goldsack? He's play, he's, he, played a, he played a game in the VFL on yeah. the weekend. And did he's he played play a again. full game or did he play a... Full game. Okay. Yeah, it'll be, very, it'll be very... Um, it'll be a little bit risky to put Goldsack in there after 
very limited preparation. I but, know, but but it is the finals. Yeah, you got to you got to throw the kitchen sink at it. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break now, and then after that, we're going to be finishing off our match reviews. I love it. Love sport? Then get stuck on sport by following us on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to the Stuck On Sport channel on Wooshka. Don't forget to get involved in the podcast by replying to our page and ask questions that you would like answered. Welcome back, everybody, to Stuck On Sport. We're continuing with that match reviews now. and The, the second Saturday night clash was Carlton versus Adelaide. Um, this was a blowout, just a massive blowout. Uh, Carlton did what they do best this year, and that's lose. And uh, Adelaide took advantage. Um, Jenkins kicked the seven goals. Uh, Rory Laird was fantastic. And the only one that gave a fight for Carlton was really Patrick Cripps. Patty Cripps. He had 37, what a he had 37 disposals, and he was really, really good. Um, but uh, the rest of the Carlton side, they just do what they do best this year. <coughs> uh, just as Jordan dies. Oh. Um, you are right, mate? Yep. Just choking on Brendan Bolton's comments where he said, we're disappointed in the year. That's a bit of an understatement, Brendan. Oh, really? Good, good really? There, Brendan. Fuck. Um, sorry about that, boys and girls. Uh, yeah. This match was really indicative of Carlton's season. Mm, unfortunately, yeah. And I don't like talking about it because I've got a soft spot for Carlton. Mm. And it's just hard to see a team I've struggling. A, I've got a soft much. spot for their fans. Not really Carlton, just their fans. Okay, actually, yeah, we'll run with that. I've got a soft spot for their fans. We've got a lot of fans of the show who are Carlton yeah. s- supporters. Uh, L Borthwick, we know that you're out there and you're suffering in silence, as well as Sam Harrison. And everyone else, uh, so feel free to drop us a line if you want to leave your comments on how you think Carlton's season has went. Just drop us off on the uh, Facebook page. The Blues conceded 13 goals in the first half. So, you know, backline really leaking back there. Yeah. And they'll be very pleased to know that Sam Doherty is reportedly stronger than ever at training. He's running super well. He's looking really good. Yeah, good. And um, so he'll they be back next year. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'll be back next year and he'll just really patch up that hole. So, you know, positive. Docs is coming back. Cade Simpson's set to play another year. It seems more than likely that he'll sign on again. So, you know, be good to have the experience of Cade Simpson yeah, and mean. like the skill of Sam Do- Doherty just to really solidify the training in the back line and getting those young backmen yeah. like Caleb Marchbank and the rest of the uh, brigade ready. Um, there's been a few rumours uh, of uh, Brendan Goddard maybe joining the Blues. It's not the worst year. idea. I don't think it's the worst idea either. It's I'm a bit much, of a Luke Hodge move. Yeah, I think Goddard, he's just a bit slow, I think. Um, that's that's mainly the reason he's not going to be at Essendon next year. We, he actually played a really good game on the weekend, Brendan Goddard. He had 27 disposals, had an excellent blind turn. Yeah. Um, but I think just towards the end of next year, he's, his um, pace is really going to show out. So I'm not sure um, whether he goes there, but it wouldn't be the worst idea for Carlton to pick him up if uh, if they... If they decided to go down that path, it would also be a bit poetic as well because um, Goddard was supposed to start his season as the number one draft pick with um, Carlton before they got stripped of those picks. Um, so he should have ended up there in the first place. Maybe he will. So maybe maybe he might end his uh, career there. That would be a little bit poetic. Must be fate. Must be fate if maybe, he ends up Maybe there. a little bit of fate. Anyway, um, 
I'll get under the boat now because it's not yeah, much. Yeah, do that. About. Scary. Um, also, scary. I'm just going to chip in. Yeah. Um, Essendon, sorry, not even Essendon. Adelaide did all this damage and Rory Sloan was a late out yeah. for this game. And in the medical room, some concern with Jacob Wheatridge came from the field with a concussion uh, mm. late in the game. And Charlie Kernow also left the game with an apparent knee injury after he landed mm. awkwardly in a marking contest. And that's not the first time he's had a knee issue this year. Yeah, I hope so. He's, they're going to have to. Right. Well, it, thank God they're done. He's one of the few key pillars that um, Carlton really have to build on. Like he's really solid as a rock, Charlie Charlie Kernow. So they really need him uh, up and firing next year because they need to build around him. Him and that is. Uh, and all right. a couple others, like Harry Mackay, who kicked three yeah, actually, goals. Three He's goals. been a really good inclusion yeah. to this team. So, um, you, you know. Can just see the skeleton of a good team. There. It's there. Yeah. They've just got to put some meat on the bones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the the vote. So I got one for Patrick Cripps. He just, he kept going all night long. Uh, 37 touches, uh, 18 contested possessions. Uh, he was just magnificent, really. And uh, topped the coaches' votes as well. They had eight coaches' votes. So, uh in a game where Carlton's getting absolutely annihilated, Patrick Cripps once again stood tall, and uh, he's a magnificent player, and Carlton are very lucky to have him. Um, I gave two votes to Rory Laird, 34 touches and kicked a goal. His efficiency was beautiful as well, up to 88%, I believe. Uh, and three votes I gave to Josh Jenkins, seven goals too. Um, magnificent, just uh, strong in the contest, and uh, really got a couple of out-the-back goals there. So uh, a good work to Josh Jenkins. Uh, as he does. So, um, good work, Josh Jenkins. Uh, three votes. But I, 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 I got one. I got one. You got one. <laughs> Look, Carlton fans aren't going to like this. Oh. They're, they're not going to like my stat. Okay. This is Carlton's worst season in 117 years. No. So it's really this bad, is. Isn't it? It's the. Yeah. So, with only two wins to their name come the end of the year, this is the lowest tally that they've had since this country was federated in 1901. Since the federation of this country, since it split and and it became a federation, this is its lowest win since 1901. Wow, that's really bad. They've gone backwards by four wins from last year. Yeah. That's a lot when you only win six wins. Yeah. Um... That hurts. Yeah, it really does. It, it hurts really, to listen really to. Does. And that's where you feel for Carlton fans. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Mm. Shit. But you can say they'll, they'll be better soon. They will be better we soon. We hope soon. They have to be better soon. Look, it would be hell. Look, it would be fun as hell if Carlton could have a massive swing turnaround and then next year in the finals. This is very ambitious. But we've got very the four ambitious. biggest clubs in the state playing in the, in the finals. finals. Yeah. Won't happen. I, I'd expect that. You'd uh, think three of them will be. Uh, because I'd, I'd assume it. the Bombers to play, and I'd hope that the Magpies can, you know, stay up there. Yeah, so, yeah. bit of fun. Yeah, it'll be really. It'll be a bumper final series anyway. But like, if you got three of the, those three clubs in there, well, um, anyway, uh, we'll go on to the next match, which was Sydney versus Hawthorne, a cracking match. Hawthorne again getting a, getting those la- those last couple of minutes. They uh, just play so well. That's how they do They've it. They've just got That's amazing confidence in themselves and their teammates just to get the job done in those really tough moments. So um, just the Hawks, they're just they're just fantastic. Um, Swans would be hating life. Oh, they, I'd be hating life too because they were the last league of my good multi. So 
Fuck you. Please sponsor. gamble responsibly. <laughs> just because just gym places multis, don't feel inclined to. Uh, and but uh, this was this was arguably one of the be- this was uh, the best game of the round in terms of stakes because the winner gets a top four spot. Yeah. Yeah. And of course it's Hawthorne. Of course it's Hawthorne. Mm. Uh, Sydney looked set to go, and you know they fell a bit short, which was surprising because they got out to I think it was like a thirty-two point margin at one point, and we thought. This isn't going well. Let's chuck on the Carlton and Adelaide game. That's how poorly the Hawks were playing at one point. We yeah. chucked it onto the Carlton match. Yeah, it really looked for all money like the Swans were going to run away with it. But then, uh, as but Hawthorne do, they, they butt do. it up. They, and they, they just they work their way back into the contest, and then eventually, when they really sniff their chance, they go absolutely massive. Niggle, niggle, and guys niggle. like Paul Piopolo, he had nine touches, so only nine possessions, but he kicked three really, really important goals. So, b- becoming one of the most important players in the field. Uh, Jordan Ruffhead, uh, Jordan, Jared Ruffhead, I mean, sorry. Um, he played a great game as well. He kicked the two goals, including the sealer at the end. Yeah. Um, uh, it was a really important match for Hawthorne to get over the line and uh, and they just did it magnificently. So, well done to the Hawks. But if I'm going to late withdrawal, was that a key so factor? Luke Parker as well. And Luke Parker, of course. Actually, that is right. Yep. And that's a nine-point difference for mine, so... Yeah, I think those two players make nine points. Both carrying a, a groin injury. Mm. Um, it'll be interesting to see their turnaround for their first match in the finals because they've got the Giants. They've got the Giants. Yes. That'd be what a, a clash. That, yeah, but the Giants are getting a massive amount of players back as well. Are they? Like, What's their injury list like at the moment? Because we know that they're shocking. getting bumped. It's shocking. Over the last, um, not including this week, the previous three weeks, they had 11 injuries. That's, that's Collingwood-esque. That's worse than Collingwood's. Much worse than Collingwood's. They're sh- they're they've been had the worst luck ever. <laughs> GWS. It's and it goes a little bit unnoticed because they have just a plethora of. Um, Ooh. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> they have just a plethora of uh, good players and high draft picks there. So, um, but the the GWS Giants they just they been annihilated by injuries and they'll get a lot back just at the start of finals this this week off this bye weekend at the end of round 23 is, going, is really important for them Josh Kennedy was a gun all night he played a really good game JPK mm-hmm. uh, Sean Burgoyne looked as sprightly as ever he looked played a really good mm-hmm. but good game from new cult hero down at the Hawks the Warpedo he played a good match he did Warple rate that kid I do rate him as well Got a bit of Pick a... 47 in the draft. Yeah. He's been magnificent. Bit of an interest-looking pill, but <laughs> that's what makes a cold that's hero. That's what makes it a cold that, That's what makes a cold hero, how munted your head might be. <laughs> so anyway, give us your votes, Jordan. Right. Bit of a tricky one, because there are a lot of good players from yeah. both sides. But in the end, I went one vote to Jakey Lloyd. Jakey Lloyd was really good off half-back. He is deadly. Now, another one with an interesting-looking head. Um... 31 disposals, 9 marks, and 4 tackles. The way he breaks the lines, he is a September difference. You look at him, someone like him or Jason Johannesson when they won the flag in 2016, or Pollock or Crisp, he's one of those players who can just run and gun, Mm. and his boot into forward 50 is stunning. So, huge boost there for the Swans if he can get firing come finals. I gave uh, two votes to Liam Shield. 
He played a really good game. 26 disposals and four tackles as well. He was around the ground quite well. He actually came... Uh, he finished second in the votes for this game in the AFL coaches' votes. So, uh, yeah, really good game by Liam Shiel. Stood out for me. But I had to give the number... Uh, the three votes here to Big Boy McAvoy. Great game by Big Boy McAvoy. 15 disposals, but 52 hitouts to Callum Sinclair's 28. So he towered over him, absolutely mm. smashed him in the contest. Uh, and he gave the Hawks midfielders the first look at it. Uh, three tackles and a behind to his name as well. But really good game by Big Boy McAvoy. And it's going to be interesting to see how he's going. He's getting a little bit on in age now. He is, yeah. Big and Boy. With, um Segler in there as well. He, he's such an important player for them. So McAvoy and Segler, two of two fine ruckmen uh, for the Hawks. So um, good to see McAvoy playing such a great game. Yeah, it'll be a good contest between him and the Nang Tank come first week of the finals. It will be, yeah. Two very, very aggressive uh, ruckmen. Yes. Right, moving on now to our next game. We had, it was the first of the Sunday games, and it was the Brisbane Lions uh, going down to the Eagles. It was a pretty good game uh, for the Lions. Could have uh, made a mess of themselves, the Lions, and resulted in Eagles dropping out of the second spot and dropping into third, which would have been a Collingwood Hope final. So I was rooting for them. The Magpie fans were sending out tweets to Dame Beams, wishing him to get his side up because it would have been stunning. Yeah. And also, uh, tune in to more Dame Beams news in Contract Corner. But um, in the end, 14-14-98, defeating 11-6-72. Brisbane Lions will jump up the ladder next year, I think. I think uh, Chris Fagan... Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll be... They'll be going up. He, well, his words were that we can match with the best, which I agree with. I think they can, yeah. I Actually, can't. maybe not the very, very best, um, but they they can play to that level, but not to any you know anywhere near the same amount of time as those the, the, a Richmond or a West oh, Coast. Can play. I know, I know. That's but why of all the teams in the tail end of the ladder, you feel like they are the ones who are showing the most progress and the most signs of growth compared to anyone yeah, else. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. So now, because of this win, the Eagles will host the Magpies at Optus Stadium in the first week of the finals now. Mm-hmm. So, good home final for the uh, for the Eagles. That's it. But it's going to be an interesting game, uh, Eagles v. Pies. A lot of people, I feel like, will be tipping the Eagles because it's a home game. The Magpies are the interstate team. Magpies have more injuries. Mm. But, you know, they've lost Nick Nat and Andrew Gaff. And Grundy should be able to do a job on Scotty Lysette in the ruck. So yeah. it's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah, it'll be a cracking contest. Yeah, second versus third. You never have a bad game there. It's, you're never without a chance. Yeah, I, I think uh, Collingwood would be... I think their game style is really suited to finals football as well. Yeah, so fast-moving, high-pressure game. Yeah, it'll be very uh, interesting to see the way it goes. That's right. I'll move straight into the votes, though, my dude. Right, um, go ahead. That's right. I had to give one vote... To Dane Beams. Dane Beams has been brilliant for the Lions all damn year. He finished the game with 32 disposals, four tackles, and two goals. Uh, he's just a star. And, mm. you know, it's good to see that the team's starting to get some momentum forward because you want the best success for someone like him. He's such a good player. You, you want him to have a good career. Yeah. Two votes. El Shuey, 29 disposals, five tackles, three behinds. Could have been a massive game by Luke Shuey. Um, He's playing a really good game. He's chugging along well in the midfield there, and he will be up as well as the rest of the West Coast midfield come finals. They've got a nice chance now to do some damage, and mm-hmm. um, it's good to see Luke Shuey playing some good football. 
we all know he ended the uh, the hopes and dreams of Port Adelaide in the finals. Mm-hmm. So let's see if he cannot do that ever again. <laughs> and three votes to Jamie Cripps. Jamie Cripps played a really strong game. 23 disposals, eight marks, and three goals as well. He's just one of the many. There was a good spread of uh, goal scorers as well throughout this game. Liam Ryan kicked three, and Jack Darling made a good return from injury and a mm. concussion four, mm. with four goals. Um, so pretty Cripps as well some fantastic form of late he's picked up some votes in the past uh, four or five matches so he's been uh, he's well, been in some really really good form which is uh, really important for West Coast coming into the, the final series agreed alright uh, the next game we got a really important match uh, was Melbourne versus GWS uh, Melbourne after securing their final spot last year today oh not today sorry but on Sunday they were playing for a home final against GWS. First now, final oh, series in 12 years for the Demons. Yeah, a fantastic effort from them as well to get there. Um, guys like Nathan Jones, it's great to see them playing finals for Well, I think I, heard, I think I heard that the last time he played finals, it, it was like his, his ninth, eighth match. Yeah, eighth or ninth match. Yeah. So get ready for all the cheese boards to be cracking out at the MCG for this game. <laughs> yes, the cheese boards will be out in force at the MCG in a week and a half's time on Saturday night against Geelong. Uh, uh, Jim, are you a Brie or a Gouda man? Gouda. Mm. Although I love my Brie, but Gouda. Gouda. Gouda is better. beautiful. Go have a bit of salami there as well. A couple of olives as well. A bit of pastrami. Anchovies, pastrami or... Capers? Sandra tomatoes? Oh, you can have everything. Man. Just a little bit of everything. Um, you a whole meal or a white bread man? No, white bread. I think that just. I think wholemeal for a cheese ball is a bit nicer. Bread, but um, white bread just brings out the flavour and um. How about we split you know, in the middle and go a sourdough? No, I can't do sourdough. That's I worked, right. I worked That's right. Jimmy used to work in a bakery, everyone, and, and sourdough scarred him. Is disgusting. That's fine. Anyway. We'll just crack up this lot of. <laughs> That's fine. How about a football? Actually, final note: we'll go Savoy's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Done. We can do Savoy's. Done. Um. Anyway. Uh, back onto the football. Yeah, if we have to. Um, Maxie Gorn played a great match. Uh, God, ca- yes. Capped off a, a magnificent year too. Look, he uh, should have... the coaches a vote. He did uh, win the coaches' vote. He did. Fantastic effort. He did. He should have banked three votes as well. And, and if he does, yeah. he'll be the first specialist Ruckman to claim the Brownlow since... Go on, Jim. Jim Stein. No. Scott Wind? Wind? In 1992. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Gotcha. Back onto this game. Um, yeah, Max Gorn was fantastic. It's really, it's going to be so close between Gorn and Grundy. Who's going to start on the field? Probably one's going to be on the bench as well. I think, regardless, um, both deserve to be in the 22-man squad. Oh, they both deserve it, whether they're going to be there. Well, or they not. should, <laughs> because you have to look... My opinion is you can't look at All-Australian as being like purely just position. You have to look at... like So when you fill the first 18, right... Obviously, they're going to take him from positional spots, right? Mm. But then I always think that the bench should be the next four players, regardless of their spot. Because all Australians is meant to be the best players yeah. in the league, not the best players in that spot. And Gorn and Grundy are obviously the best Ruckman yeah, in the comp. Yeah, I understand that. It's just, I, I, was, I think along the lines, it's got to resemble a real team. And I don't know. It's, 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 it's very close. It's because they're so good, both of them. It makes me want to change my mind, my mind about this, but I, I just kind of feel as though it should be just the one Ruckman because that's what what all the teams have basically, except for pretty much West Coast. Um, kind of Collingwood. Kind, oh, kind of Collingwood, but 
uh, Cox only spends what 10-15% of his time in the ruck anyway um, look I'd be shocked if they're both not in the 22 man squad because I they, think that they'll both get in there they should whether it's, it's, it's tough it really is okay. anyway we have to get moving on whether it should or not is undecided but both of them would easily be in the top 22 best players this year oh yeah easily <laughs> yeah, best, so, yeah, best 5 yeah, or 6 correct easily uh, anyway, um, I reckon I'm just going to get straight into the votes with this one. Um, I gave one to Gorn. Uh, he was magnificent. He had uh, 37 hitouts, I believe. Um, really gave his players first first use. Uh, kicked a goal as well, 18 touches, so got around the ground. Absolutely. Um, two votes I gave to James Harms. Yep. He got the he maxed out the coaches' votes as well. He was fantastic. Uh, and it had a really good season too, a really a good boost for Melbourne um, that I didn't think they were really expecting at the start of the year. So his development has just been magnificent. And I gave three votes to a man who's also developed into a very fine young player is Angus Brayshaw. Yeah. He's been magnificent ever since around six or seven. Yep. Because um, he, he was in and out of the scene. Yeah, I he was. he spent a week or two in the VFL very early in the year and then played a really good game Anzac Day Eve against Richmond, yeah. and then ever since then he hasn't looked back, and he's been brilliant. All he's been playing some so. good footy, Angus. Excellent football. So three votes to Angus Brayshaw. All right, Melbourne mm. is the team's highest scoring league, the league's mm. highest scoring team. Yes, and um, you could really say that on the weekend because they kept the Giants to only fifty-seven points, which is their second lowest score of the year. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Say, that's going to be a good game as well. God, you know what? I couldn't think of any better matchups for the first couple games of the finals. No, oh, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, like Tigers and Hawks. I can't, I can't, I can't really think of a highlight that's standing out to me there. Mm. Pies and West Coast. It's going to be a good ruck and midfield contest. Oh yeah, it would be fantastic. The Sydney derby for a final. Oh yeah, it's going to be awesome. great. And also Geelong Melbourne. Geelong have beaten Melbourne twice this year by right, under, under a goal. With the last kick of the game. So, this game is going to be a cracker. Oh, my God. Would you, could you imagine in the final if they have a kick to win the game again? I hope it's Three a, times in one year. Surely that's never happened. I hope it's a draw and it goes to overtime and then Maxi Gorn takes a hanger on Zach Tui and then kicks the goal. <laughs> Just like perfect yeah. irony. With uh, one second left after the siren from 55 out. Oh, five points down. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll get into the last game, which is St Kilda versus North Melbourne. Uh, a bit of yeah. it. It was a dead, uh, dead rubber. Um, ben Brown had to kick eight goals to win the Coleman. And he Couldn't didn't do it. Do it. They, they fed the ball to him, though. They, yeah. they, they, went, they, went, they could not have loved they, him even anymore. They went to him every single time they went in there. They, they went to Ben Brown. He wasn't able to do it, though, because... Uh, I think it, it became very, very predictable to, uh, towards the second, third, fourth. Well, even third, Brad so. Scott was smiling when they were handing yeah, the like, ball off to Ben Brown. He's smiling when he's kicked a goal uh, late in the second quarter. So you know that they wanted him to get something. But uh, he wasn't able to do it, unfortunately. And no, they well, end up in ninth, the Kangas, where everyone had do. them finishing final, and they end up in ninth. It, it's the second time in a row, uh, second year in a row, that North Melbourne have won their last game and then moved up, like, four spots on the ladder. Damn. To, like... That's the only time that you you kind of... You wouldn't mind losing. Is that time. It's when you when you want that high draft pick. Yeah, correct. And they've, they've robbed themselves of a top ten draft pick. <laughs> they've gone out. They've gone up a couple <laughs> spots too many. Yeah, uh, anyway. Um, they were all right. But, uh, 
North Melbourne season. I think they had a fantastic year. I think Brad Scott was was one of the better coaches of the year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he took a team with not a lot of talent compared to the other teams in the league and uh, took them almost to a finals bet. So I was really impressed with how the Kangaroos did. Jared Waite's career done at the Kangaroos? Yep, he's finished. He's all done. He's had a magnificent career too. Both do, Carlton do you think and he'll the, retire? No, yeah, he's done. No, he's he done? he's he's said he's retiring. Okay. He's retiring. Sorry, I think they wanted him for an extra year, North Melbourne, but his body's just absolutely cooked. So, um, but a great career from from Jared Wade. Came came over and played a magnificent first year at North Melbourne and a magnificent final to to beat Richmond in twenty fourteen. Um, 2014 or 15 yeah. around then um, the year they made the prelim so he's um, he's had some really good uh, career highlights um, playing a lot of finals football and done some re- really good stuff so well done to Jared Waite on a hmm. fantastic career fantastic career give me the votes uh, give me yeah. the votes yeah. uh, one vote Jack Stephen 34 disposals 8 marks 4 tackles 2 goals good game it's one of the many look the actually it was really pleasing to see the St Kilda midfield click a bit better in this game than what they have in previous games, even though they didn't get the win. Mm. But it looked all right. They looked better. Yeah. Because, and that's exactly why I actually gave two votes to Jack Steele. 35 disposals and two goals. Nine tackles, which was the most for any of these St. Kilda players on the ground. Six marks as well. So the Saints played pretty well in this game. So there'll be another team. I think of all the bottom teams, it goes Brisbane, then St. Kilda, in terms of progression in years to come. Just, just yeah. at the pace that the lines are moving oh, at. St Kilda, I wouldn't have them there. No, you wouldn't have them there? No, not even close. I'd have them behind Carlton. Jesus, and... Jim has just said piss off in the best way possible to St Kilda. Yeah, I, I, I don't rate St Kilda's list at all. Fine, and I gave three votes to Trent Dumont. Played a huge game. Five tackles, a goal are behind, seven marks, and 38 disposals for Trent Dumont. Huge game by him. So, that was one way to wrap up a nice season by Trent Dumont, and uh, that's it for both those teams now. See you All next right. year. And that's uh, that's our podcast, guys. Thank you very much for, for, for listening in. That's the last of the round 23 votes uh, and all the, the season votes. So, we're going to tally them up pretty soon and uh, see who the winner comes out as. It's looking like um, guys like Tom Mitchell, Clayton Oliver would be really close to the top. Um Neither of those two got votes in the last round, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, tune in tomorrow. We've got an extra bonus podcast coming up. We're going to be doing a bit of Contract Corner it's with about Jordan. damn time. And we are going to be talking about Sam Murray uh, and a few little other uh, other things in there bits as well. Bits and pieces. So bits and pieces that, that we couldn't really head. fit in today. So we're going to have a, an extra podcast tomorrow. Can't wait. And I've been busting my damn ass, and the producers are laughing in the box. Shut up! Shut up! I've been wanting to do this for weeks, alright? And I haven't been able to break any stories, and now they're common knowledge. Shush! Shush! Sorry. So we've got the contract coming. Yeah, tomorrow, we, yeah, tomorrow we're doing contract corner, finally. Also, we're going to be conducting some season reviews of the clubs that will yep. be happening later in the week and early next week. And then we're going to, next week, later, we're going to be having some finals previews. Yes, please. So it's a massive couple of weeks coming up on Stuck on Sports. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we hope to have your company in the coming weeks. And uh, if your team is playing in finals, good, good luck. luck to you. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. Uh, it's going to be a magnificent final series. So. Thanks for having me on, Jim. Yeah, all right. I'll see you later, Jordy. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, and we'll be back. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening to Stuck on Sport.